Lewis Reward fractured his left shoulder on the training track on December 26. Golden Birthday's death prom- prompted PETA Senior Vice President Kathy Guerrero to call for state officials to suspend racing until every possible precaution has been taken to protect horses. Thanks for listening to KPFK News, Southern California's progressive journalism news department. I'm Irene Montantes. Thanks to our sound engineer, Kiana Williams. Stay tuned for Solartopia with Harvey Wazerman. Have a great evening. Three hundred years ago, Sir Thomas More invented the word utopia, where everything was going to be hunky-dory. But now we know it's going to be a green-powered Earth, and that'll be solar-topia. Was there an Adam? Was there an Eve? Or did we evolve from what we conceived? Either way... We got what we needed when the sun shone down on the Garden of Eden. Don't you know we're gonna have a solitopia, solitopia, solitopia? Don't you know we're gonna have a solitopia all over God's green world? Well, we bit that apple and the garden was lost, and so we had to work to pay the cost. So we went digging into the ground and started to burn many things we found. Oh, yeah, we started to burn too many things we found. That's the Divine Darway I'm singing with the legendary Pete Seeger and David Burns, not the talking head David Burns who wrote the lyrics to that song, except for the one magic word, Solartopia, which somehow came to me in a dream. I can't explain it, but, you know, there you go. It happened. So here we are with the Solartopia show. We have the wonderful Kiana Williams uh, working the board tonight. Fantastic to see you there. Kiana, it's always a magical show when you're here. And we have the amazing David Swanson on the phone. David, uh, how you doing, buddy? Are you with us? I'm with you as long as we hold out on this little planet, Harvey. Well, man, I don't know. I was listening to the stories from Australia today. God, that is apocalypse now happening there. I mean, it's it's as bad or worse than Northern California, and they don't even have PG&E over there. Um, I mean, the only good news is they're razzing the uh, prime minister, who I think was put in power by the CIA over there, that guy. But, um, uh, boy, it's 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 ugly in, in, in Australia, and it's ugly elsewhere around the world. Uh, and you are a great, great, great activist who's been working to make it not quite so ugly uh, a long, long time. And you're going to be here. So let's, um, <clears throat> David, you're a great, great, great peace, peace activist, uh, wonderful speaker, writer, and organizer. And you are going to be, uh, uh, to make sure we get this in, you're going to be in L.A. Uh, coming soon. So tell us where and when and why. Well, because everybody should come to L.A., and I'm going to be speaking at a, at a big conference that the Rotary uh, Clubs are having in Ontario, California, uh, on the 17th of January. And then I'm going to be speaking at the Peace Center in L.A. on the 
18th, uh, you can go to, geez, any peace group in L.A.'s website, or you can go to davidswanson.org, uh, and this is going to be with, we hope, our terrific friend Lila Garrett, who uh, I'm thinking about right now, and Jody Evans and Frank Doral and Tahil Sharma, and uh, music by Dennis Davis, and this is going to be at the, the Peace Center, uh, Sepulveda, uh, in Culver City uh, on uh, the 18th, Saturday the 18th at 6.30 p.m. Everybody's invited. Good. Yeah, that's a great place, the Peace Center, and uh, 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 it's a, a wonderful uh, um, magnet for people like you who I think you and I were together last time you were in town. Oh, and, yeah, uh, that was a terrific event with you and, and Lila and others last time I was there. And we want to send our wishes to Lila Garrett, who's a little under the weather. And um, uh, as is the rest of us, I read a piece today in the New York Times about um, uh, essentially how Trump is spreading depression wherever we go, and um, not to mention war. And we've got two of them going on uh, simultaneously, at least, in Iraq and Afghanistan. Where else are we at war right now, David? I mean, uh, it's hard to keep track. Well, I would have had a different answer an hour ago, but uh, Donald Trump has just assassinated a top Iranian general, uh, a hero to Shia people across the entire region, uh, a man named Qasem Soleimani, uh, at the airport in Baghdad. Uh, and the people in Iran, if you thought anyone had ever been upset in Iran before, you ain't seen nothing. Uh, this is probably war uh, between the United States and Iran, which is going to be catastrophic. This is going to make Iraq and Afghanistan and Libya and Somalia and Sudan and Pakistan and Yemen, I mean, look like child's play. Uh, I mean, this could be World War III. It is an absolute freaking disaster. And, uh, and this is, you know, the creation of a long-standing bipartisan military insanity policy coming out of Washington, D.C. What happened just days ago when Trump bombed people uh, in Iraq and Iraqis, uh, yes, with Iranian support, uh, were upset and protested and, and went to the U.S. Embassy? Democrat, the, the the supposedly anti-war Democrats in Washington, D.C., people like Senator Chris Murphy said, well, Trump isn't tough enough. Trump isn't making people fear us. Nobody fears us. So now what does Trump do? He starts a war with Iran. And, and what does Chris Murphy do? He complains that Trump didn't get congressional authorization. There is no such thing as congressional authorization for murder. Congress can't authorize murder. Congress can't authorize war or assassination. I mean, this is and this is what constitutes an anti-war position. So, every every peace group in the United States has already, before this latest catastrophe, called for people to be in the streets everywhere this Saturday. Uh, that includes one o'clock uh, Pershing Square, Los Angeles, two o'clock uh, Santa Monica. Uh, promenade uh, Los Angeles, uh, but we'll be at the White House, we'll be everywhere uh, in the United States this Saturday, turned out to say no war in Iraq and no war in Iran. We're not going to survive uh, this one. No, people seem to forget that there's 80 million people in Iran, and Iran is a very advanced country. Um, you know, it's not really a third world country, it's a second world country. 
And um, uh, this idea that uh, the omnipotent U.S. military can just roll through Iran. <laughs> I mean, we're so successful in Vietnam. I guess uh, we want to we want to duplicate the 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 experience. It's insane. And of course, I'm reminded this is an election year that uh, one of the main reasons we got into Iraq in 2003 was because Karl Rove, uh, uh, George Bush's Svengali or Rasputin there uh, made it very clear that the United States has not uh, never turned down or non, non-reelected a, a president who was at war. And uh, it seems to me that Trump had two ways to go. He could have uh, pulled us out of Afghanistan and become a peace candidate, uh, or he could have done what he's doing now, uh, which is provoke a war and, and have himself be a war president uh, going into to November 2020. Uh, I, I, David, what is your most recent book, by the way? You've written so many, uh, but I want to make sure I get this in for the folks listening in. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I guess my most recent one is called Curing Exceptionalism, and it is about ridding our minds of this, the, the habit of thinking of the United States uh, as superior uh, to other places, other countries, other people, uh, which uh, it simply is not part of the book, is looking factually into whether there actually is any way in which the United States is superior to everyone else on the planet, uh, and there really isn't. Um, but I, I wonder about this, you know, never unelected a warrior president. I, I mean, Lyndon Johnson had to had to run out of town, uh, give up, you know, he, he, he wasn't voted out, but he was going to be voted out. That's why he turned tail and fled. I mean, Bush the first uh, was voted out uh, in part because of his war making. Um, I mean, there's and every president who's ever been voted out has been making a war. We've never had a moment without wars going on. Uh, I, I have some doubts about that. Yeah, well, let's see. We'll see what happens here. Um, uh, but, you know, the exceptionalism uh, in my own book, uh, The People's Spiral of U.S. History, dates back to the Puritans who came here and with this idea that Calvinism and their particular brand of so-called Christianity. Although I always wonder, you know, these, these Christians who— so people who call themselves Christians and then go off to war, uh, did, did anybody ever read the Sermon on the Mount? I mean, uh, you know, uh, what, what, is, what is it that makes people who go to war think of themselves as Christians? You know, the Puritans uh, call themselves Christians. But if Jesus ever uh, preached a sermon on, on, on the streets of Boston in 1630, they'd, they'd have hung the guy. And and uh, I I don't understand where where these Billy Graham uh, and Ralph Reed and all, well Franklin Graham I guess the son and all these other evangelicals running around calling themselves Christians while they uh, think of us, us as uh, exceptional and and have the right to go to war all the time I don't I don't get that contradiction do you. Uh, well, only somewhat. I, I mean, and you're absolutely right about the Puritans, and you absolutely nail it in your book. Uh, I, I think that there's a line of thinking in the words of Jesus Christ in the New Testament that that would recommend to people that they call themselves human, that they identify <laughs> yeah. with everyone else, that they love anyone else in whatever group. But, in fact, to call yourself Christian and to mean by it not atheist, not Jewish, not Muslim, not Buddhist, etc., to this tribalism, this identity with a small portion of humanity in conflict with the rest of humanity, 
compounded by the the notion that in every religion that facts don't matter, you should believe absolute nonsense because you choose to believe it. I mean, this can be a very, very dangerous combination uh, when uh, combined with, of course, and this is found in, in most religions, uh, blind obedience to authority, right? What the priest says, what the preacher says, what Donald Trump says. Uh, I mean, these are very, very bad habits of thought. I mean, somebody got in a lot of trouble recently for pointing out that people are more likely to believe nonsense that Trump tells them because they've been brought up believing absolute nonsense like Noah's Ark and so forth. Uh, and, you know, some pundit got outraged about, what do you mean Noah's Ark wasn't real? And so, you know, the, the, this these habits of, of thinking of, of, you know, facts not mattering and just believing nonsense because someone tells you to, uh, you know, for all the good that people find in religions, that's a real bad bit that's come out of, of religion in our culture. Well, to me, as a historian, uh, I, have, I, I cannot point in U.S. history to a more impressive display of spiritual gymnastics than the the the, the fundamentalist evangelicals who always talked about sexual purity and and, and uh, you know banning adultery and uh, scarlet a's and hanging witches how how they have managed to convince themselves that Donald Trump is some kind of spiritual role model i mean it, it's a caricature it's insane uh, to to see all these uh, 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 so prim and, and proper uh, uh, sky pilots uh, uh, embracing th- this degenerate in the White House. I, I, I am, even as a historian, I am, I am deeply impressed uh, with the ability of these people to do that. Well, I, you know, I think worse than uh, than religion in, in in this case is is a different sort of tribalism known as partisanship, uh, and that is to this this line of thinking that if you really want to oppose Trump, the way to do it is to devote all of your blind allegiance and and obedience to the Democrats and the Democratic Party, uh, the people who you know brought you RussiaGate, the people who uh, have not impeached Trump. Uh, uh, or his predecessors for any of these wars, for any of these outrages, for the for the torture, for the murders, for the warrantless spying, for the locking kids in cages, for the discrimination against immigrants, for the discrimination against uh, against uh, Muslims and Mexicans, for the inciting of violence, for the abuse of of pardon powers and emergency powers and war powers. Uh, all of this stuff uh, has been understood to be acceptable. In fact, to be encouraged. Uh, you know, is this one weird little uh, bit of corruption in, in regard to Ukraine, which which actually was uh, happened to involve uh, delaying shipments of free weapons uh, to to fight a, a potentially catastrophic war. Uh, so, you know, if if people would drop all sorts of allegiances, uh, including to one team out of two disastrous teams in Washington, D.C., uh, and think independently uh, and base their, base their demands on, on 
policy positions and principle and established facts, uh, we would be much better off. Yeah, and I, I want to point out that as this being an environmental show that, uh, uh, you know, the, the attitude of, uh, of exceptionalism uh, does carry over to the uh, attitudes towards our Mother Earth. I mean, the Puritans came here, uh, they ran into a very advanced civilization of indigenous, you know, from the Haudenosaunee who had the most advanced democracy in the so-called Iroquois Confederacy, uh, the Cherokee, the Hopi, the uh, Iroquois were all matriarchies, uh, and they all uh, pay, paid, well, they all felt they were inseparable from Mother Earth, and an integral part of the Puritan assault, uh, of which Donald Trump is the current standard bearer, uh, is, is an assault on nature. And this idea that human beings are somehow superior to nature and that, um, you know, that we can destroy the planet and somehow be carried off uh, on the wings of God knows what. I, I mean, I don't understand it, but uh, maybe, maybe, David, you knew. Uh, uh, but, you know, uh, and so these wars, you know, they say in war the first casualty is truth. Uh, the second casualty, of course, is human beings. And right up there is, is the planet. God help us. For the or whatever for the environmental damage that would come with a war with Iran. Oh, it, it will be devastating potentially to the entire planet. Uh, and as with many things, when I tried to find uh, things that the United States was the best at in the world, I ended up only finding things that the United States was mediocre or worst at. And one of the ways in which it is worst is numerous types of environmental destruction. Uh, in particular, if, if you're looking at you know at it per capita, uh, the U.S. public uh, you know is the most destructive of the natural environment in many, many ways. Uh, and in many of those ways, the leading destroyer of the natural environment is the United States military. I mean, leading the destruction of the U.S. natural environment, the place it supposedly serves somehow, is a top polluter of U.S. waterways. There are people getting sick and dying around U.S. military bases from these permanent uh, chemical uh, pollutants, PFAS, uh, etc. It's, you know, of course, a major destroyer of the places where the wars actually happen uh, and is the top polluter on, or on Earth. The single uh, organization, the U.S. military, would it, it would rank high in a list of countries, of entire countries, just the U.S. military in terms of petroleum consumption, for example. Uh, and so the, this notion that we can go on with this militarism while doing something about the environment uh, is crazy. The militarism is among the worst things done to the environment, and it's where all the money is that's needed, needs to be moved to a Green New Deal. Uh, it, it, and, and so when you have the, the progressive position in Washington be that we should take the military and move it, to fighting climate change, assign the soldiers with their guns uh, to go out and shoot at hurricanes or whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is madness. We need to move the money to a decent right. place, not to reassign the military to something decent. That hasn't worked. Well, if we took the military budget, uh, say two, three, four years of it, and uh, brought brought all the people, men and women, home in the military and set them to installing 
uh, panels on rooftops and windmills and, uh, you know, increased efficiency and the batteries, uh, I think we'd uh, obviate uh, any excuse for going to war for the next 20 or 30 years at least. I'm sure we, eventually we'd find something, but most of these wars uh, these days involve energy. That's why they're all in the Middle East. We're talking with David Swanson here, the great activist, going to be at uh, uh, the Peace Center in Culver City on, is it the uh, 19th, David? What is the date of your, uh, your gig there? Saturday the 18th. Saturday the 18th uh, in the evening at the Peace Center at uh, uh, Culver City, for which we owe the great heiress Agnagnos, uh, recently departed. And uh, David is a wonderful speaker and uh, very charismatic and really worth coming to. Jody Evans will be there and other other great act- – Jody Evans from the co-founder of Code, Code Pink and many other activists. So uh, do come on down uh, that evening, uh, Saturday, to Culver City. And, uh, David, you have a group called Roots Action. Why don't you tell us about Roots Action? Well, Roots Action is an online activist group. People can find it at rootsaction.org, and it does petitions, and it does online mass email actions. uh, And uh, very often, very successfully, you click through to the the Frequently Asked Questions section on the website if you want to look at a list of successful campaigns uh, where – the Roots Action petitions have been at least a big part of uh, what achieved uh, the the intended goal. Um, so I, I do spend a lot of time working on Roots Action emails uh, and sending them out to lots and lots of people, including in, in Los Angeles. Uh, I, I also work for a group called World Beyond War, which people can find at worldbeyondwar.org, which is one of one of many groups that have called for these uh, rallies uh, this Saturday. Uh, yeah, we're Pershing uh, Square. Pershing Square here in, in Los Angeles, and yep. at like one o'clock. Is that what you said? One o'clock, right, and two o'clock down at Santa Monica at Promenade. Santa Monica. So I want to point out a couple things real quick. I had a show earlier today with a friend of Daniel Ellsberg, and people who get who despair uh, got to remember that uh, that we do make an impact. And in my life, the most amazing confirmation of that was uh, a quote from Daniel Ellsberg, uh, who pointed out in one of his many writings that when he was a pro-war consultant, he met with Nixon, another psychopath in the White House, and Nixon told him flat out that if it had not been for the marching of the anti-war movement, he would have used nuclear weapons in Vietnam, which could have very well been the end of the earth. So now we're facing the same uh, we got another psychopath in the White House. This guy wants to make war again. And uh, don't think that not by by coming out you won't have an impact. Quite the opposite. You will have an impact, and we have no choice. I also want to point out that it's my firm belief, and the more I see of Joe Biden, uh, the more I'm confirmed that he says he'd run with a Republican. That would make two Republicans on the Democrat side and two on the Republican side. But um, uh, the, the, this election, and David, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, this election coming up, which is the election that will determine the fate of the earth, we, will, we as a species will not survive four more years of Donald Trump. It's just not possible. Uh, and this election will be decided not by the mythological middle, which you know Joe Biden is courting here, but by the millennials. There are 85 million millennials in this country and uh, people born between the early 80s and the early 2000s. And uh, the, the election will be decided by how many millennials come out to vote and how many of them will stick around and guarantee that their votes are counted. 
And, and, and that's why when I look at Joe Biden, I see the end of the earth. I mean, I don't, he will lose to Donald Trump. I don't think it, there's any doubt. It's going to take a Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren or someone else um, uh, like them uh, that can bring out the millennials uh, that will decide this vote, this election. What do you think, David? It may take a Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren ticket uh, to rid us of Joe Biden. It's, I, I, I appreciated the remark somebody made, why shouldn't Joe Biden have a Republican yeah, right. running mate? Barack Obama had a Republican running mate. Uh, I mean, th- this, is, this is who Joe Biden is uh, and how he's not out of the race already, how it's acceptable to even consider someone who led the way into all of these wars uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq and, and on and on. It, it, it's, it's absolutely outrageous. It is. Uh, and, it, it's unbelievable. He, he, to me, he's the Kim Kardashian candidate. I always ask people, why is Kim Kardashian famous? And they say, well, because she's famous. Why is Joe Biden the front runner? Well, because he's the front runner. I mean, you know, somewhere along the line, somebody anointed this guy and um, and that people are paying attention to him, but so and and the corporate media's interests line up with with his. They don't object to his oligarchic corporate militarist uh, agenda the way you and I do. No, it's you know, and he's very much in the tradition of Al Gore, uh, John Kerry, and Hillary Clinton. I mean, I could see him if God forbid he becomes the nominee. Uh, I could see him on election night having won an overwhelming popular majority, which I think he would do, but uh, losing in the Electoral College and through the vote theft that has been perfected by the the Republican Party and just kind of smiling and saying, oh, well, and walking away. You know, that's what these people have done, and and that's what he would do, whereas Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, and uh, I like Julian Castro a lot. Uh, I could see him winding up as a vice presidential candidate or hopefully governor of Texas. But, um, uh, you know, this is this is dire straits here, folks. I mean, we, 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 the fate of the earth is is really uh, up for grabs here. And, David, your kind of activism uh, is really at the core of how we're going to survive. So uh, with the short time left, uh, tell all the folks listening in what you think uh, should happen. I know you're going to talk to people at your event in Culver City, but uh, – uh, how do we save this planet? <laughs> well, get involved in 25 in words or less. tells you to do. Get involved <laughs> in every good group in L.A. Go to worldbeyondwar.org and get involved in the movement to put an end to all war uh, and the environmental destruction and the economic destruction and the social destruction and everything else that ties together. Uh, and, you know, impeach Trump now for legitimate, actual impeachable offenses such as starting another war. Uh, back Bernie Sanders. He's obviously the strongest candidate. Why in the world you would back anyone other than the strongest candidate is is beyond me. Uh, and support media like this station that is the only way anybody's going to hear the truth about candidates like Bernie Sanders. Yeah, and, and like events like yours. I mean, we do have it in our power. I lived through the Vietnam War. There's no doubt that we, um, we, we changed the course of that war and that uh, had we not been in the streets, it would have been much, much worse. Um, and uh, the, I'm sure that uh, if, if Bush, too, had been able to get away with it, he would have used nuclear weapons in Iraq 
And now we're going to see, well, Donald Trump has said, you know, we've got nuclear weapons. Uh, why not use them? What's, what are they there for? Which is essentially what Harry Truman said when he dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You know, his advisor, Jimmy Burns, told him that, that Harry Truman, that if he didn't drop the bombs on Japan, he'd be impeached because we'd spent $2 billion to build them. Didn't have anything to do with military strategy. And now you got a guy who's even more unbalanced than Harry Truman was. And uh, th- this is dire straits here, folks. So please, you got to get into the streets, uh, and and we and we got to pres- we got to do everything we can to prevent uh, this from happening. I, I want to throw out two words here as we get towards the end. People are going to have to think about which is general strike. I mean, uh, we can fill the streets and do all the demonstrations we want, at, at, but at some point. Uh, we're going to have to probably shut this country down, and uh, and Donald Trump is is going to push us to the wall uh, to do that. Uh, David, what where what are we looking at now, short term, on dealing with the idea of uh, Trump going in and starting a war with Iran? I, I think we need to demand a general strike, a military strike within the military, refusal uh, to take part in following illegal and catastrophically murderous. Uh, orders. Uh, we need people in the streets, especially in Washington, D.C., but everywhere else. We need people going after Congress, demanding that they actually do their jobs for once, and not just whine that it's not, you know, it's not a congressionally authorized apocalypse. It's an apocalypse. That's bad enough. It does, you know, it, it, it's the problem is not the lack of congressional authorization. We need impeachment. We need removal from office. Uh, we need to stop fooling around with more and more and more money in the military every year, more than Trump asked for. Yeah. Bipartisan, harmonious agreement to give him everything he asked for and more. This, this is this has to be reversed, uh, or or we won't survive. You got it, David Swanson. It's always great to have you on. You are powerful. People should come see you in Culver City. And Kiana, thank you in the control room. We will see you next week, if God willing, hopefully. <laughs> Activist will, activism. Thank activism. And we'll see you next week in Solartopia. This has been Harvey Sluggo Wasserman. And let's just activate for peace. Well, we multiply. We needed more. The rich got KPFK appreciates our forward-thinking donors who are interested in making charitable gifts to the station through their will or estate plans. These planned gifts include either cash, stock, or real estate and play a significant part in preserving KPFK's future. Join KPFK's Legacy Circle and include KPFK in your will or living trust. For details, visit our website at kpfk.org. And thank you. KPFK is supported by UCLA's Center for the Art of Performance, presenting actress, comedian,